Welcome to the Building an Unstoppable Organization podcast, where we help you solve internal issues related to leadership, teamwork, and culture so that your company's productivity and engagement can soar. I'm your host, Tom Clay, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mark Tuvel and Mike Schubert. Hey, guys, how are you doing today? Hey, Tom, it's wonderful to be with you. This is my favorite part of the week, getting together with you and Mark. (laughs) Nice. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here as well. Wouldn't it be great if everyone just did what they were supposed to do in the way that they were supposed to do it? Unfortunately, as we all know, this is often not the case. Uh, And when we think about high-functioning teams, holding the members accountable for their actions and behaviors is an ongoing problem that every team will need to address. So, but let's start with whose problem is it anyway? Whose job is it to hold members of a team accountable? Mark, what do you think? I think it should be my job. I think we need to take take responsibility ourselves. So definitely the team lead, the CEO, the GM needs to, to set the example, set the tone. But if that if that leader is the only one holding the team accountable, it's so difficult to be a high-performing team. They're, they're, they become so crucial in everything that happens. When they're not there, things slide. And that high standard is just very difficult to to maintain. And it, it wears on that leader as well when you're the only person leaning into those things. So I think it needs to become everyone's everyone's responsibility to hold others accountable. Yeah, an example I like to bring up, uh, too bad it's a, a fictional example, is King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And that idea of uh, when we come together, we all have equal kind of voice. We're, there's not a head of the table. We're all sitting here equally um, to discuss things, to share things, and to challenge one another. Uh, but that image has been one that has um, been a great example for me, but far too often it's not how it happens in the boardroom. Yeah, so you've, you've already you've brought in a very interesting concept. I mean, you say, obviously, the team leader needs to hold people accountable. I think that's something everyone would be familiar with. But then you're talking about this idea of team members holding one another accountable. I think at first hearing that, it sounds like a good idea, but practically speaking, I mean, if we think about like the the image that comes to my mind is a family, you know, if if mom and dad are gone, uh, are the siblings going to actually hold each other accountable to some higher standard? Probably not. So why, why is it that, that this hardly ever happens in teams that team members themselves probably usually don't hold each other accountable the way you guys are talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think it takes courage and vulnerability to lean into those things. It's especially if you don't feel you have that role or that authority, you look at someone as a peer, it's, it takes risk to lean into that Um, risk that they might say, you know, who are you to talk to, you know, who are you to talk that way about me or to, to mind your own business Some of those things, sometimes people feel they need to have all their ducks in a row or they have to have Mm. everything, you know, be performing at the highest level before they can call someone else out. And so they might hold back uh, because of that. And so there's different reasons, I think, that people do hold back. But I think a lot of it relates to that risk and that, that fear of what could happen. 
I was having a conversation with a friend recently um, about his organization. He's one of the senior leaders, and he was commenting that he's he said, when I'm away, my team gets things done. They make decisions. They're communicating. They're working effectively. But when I come back, no one is offering up ideas. Everything is just, they're looking to me to solve problems. And I'm listening to them. And I, I just, mostly, you know, I was joking, but at the same point, trying to make a point. Um, I said, well, it's simple. The problem is you. And he laughed. And But it, it's true. There's something there. If the team can make decisions when you're not there, but then when you're there, they struggle. We have to look at what is, what are you what's the atmosphere that you're creating? Why is it like that? So I think that's a hard thing to, to think about, but uh, it's also an important thing to, to consider. So the leader could be the reason for accountability and good work, or he could be the reason for the maybe lack of accountability and, and good work. So it sounds like it could go both ways. Let's talk about uh, accountability in and of itself. What should members of a team be held accountable for? Mark, what would you say to that? People have their job, their function that they are responsible for, that they're committed to, and they should be account- held accountable to those things. But often what's neglected is the behavioral aspects of the team. Here's, here's how we agree to function as a team. Here's the behaviors we want to see. So behaviors that build trust rather than destroy it. Uh, collaborative behaviors, uh, behaviors of, of being willing to speak up, to push back. Um, the non-judgmental, you know, are the, some of the things you want to see. And those are the things that are often neglected or it's like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. Uh, so leaders let it slide and team members let it slide. And it could be because that individual is performing well, or again, before, because as I mentioned before, it's that concern or fear of how it will hurt the relationship. Um, but those often are the most destructive things. It's those behavioral issues that bring down the performance of the team because it impacts how they work together, how they relate, how they collaborate. And it just needs to be addressed. Like you said, it can be easy to hold people to account on certain KPIs. Maybe that's because those are more clear. They're more obviously linked to the business and and results. Uh, whereas the behavioral aspects or cultural aspects are, are maybe less clear and super important, but might not be obviously linked to uh, business results. What needs to be I think of like a base, like a, a healthy base upon which accountability can freely flow. What, what are the factors that need to go into that base? Well, I, I would say two things are key. Trust is crucial. So if you don't have trust, it's very, you know, the risk is even higher, right? To push back and to hold another person accountable. So building that base of trust is key. Um, But I think also just a clear understanding of what behaviors are we committing to as a team. And Mm -hmm. so we we guide executive teams as we've worked with with different uh, leaders to develop some team agreements that they all say, here's the behaviors that we expect. Um, And like one one example of that is assume positive intent. And that's an example of a behavior that you that one team developed 
And it was so crucial in that building of the trust because oh, there's so many disagreements they were having. Um, but assuming positive intent with the other person helped see it in a positive light and understand, help them focus on the issues rather than, than the emotions and everything behind it. So uh, again, those two things, trust and establishing a clear uh, team agreements, I think are key. I was having a conversation, Mark, uh, last night with uh, another leader. And it was interesting because we're talking about, you know, this team agreement concept. And uh, it's kind of easy. You get to the, the five or whatever the um, behaviors agreements that you want. But then day to day, if you don't see them being lived out, how do you address them? Because what happens is, someone will bring up a question and people feel like you're judging them or, and then they get defensive and it's back and forth. And then you can argue, well, you didn't assume positive intent even right there in the way you're asking the question. So how do we um, create an environment or ask non-judgmental questions where we're truly wondering or, or challenging, but at the same time, you know, not jumping to a conclusion. So you mean the the agreements were used as a stick to beat them with? Yeah, right? kind of like, well, how is that assuming positive yeah, intent, yeah. right? Yeah. There's a lot of judgment, and then that brings defensiveness, and it doesn't help. So any thoughts, and Tom, you too, how do you do that? If you do have agreements, how do you create an environment where you can challenge and ask where where you don't even create more problems? Yeah, that's great. I, I think I think the more often it's brought up early on, I think the easier it is. Uh, I do remember one team that established agreements and they they didn't call each other out on it or keep each other accountable early on in the relationship. And then things went a little sour for them. And then they started bringing up the words, like you said, more as a weapon. Um, but it's because they never established that that culture of keeping each other accountable and healthy feedback. And so I think it's, it's part of it is the skills of giving feedback, um, but just making it a normal part of business. It's not a huge deal. If you call someone out, it's you're reminding them it's, you know, we're all forgetful people. I need, my wife reminds me of things all the time and I can choose to take offense to that or I can recognize that I forget. And so I think it just has to become more normal. So, yeah, I'm hearing a, they're also asked to be a spirit of humility or you're checking ego at the door, you know, um, when you're coming, you're you're willing to say, yeah, you're right. Yesterday in the meeting, I, I did not act the way that I agreed to act, you know, and uh, and owning up to that. That's good. That's good. I think also the establishing mutual purpose uh, starting out. The conversation by mentioning either an overarching thing or, or at different levels, things that both people are in agreement with. We both want to succeed on this project or winning this deal or leading this company. So as a reminder that we're heading in the same direction, and here's something that I think would help us get there faster and better that I'd like to offer to you. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the other thing I thought of was what Mark said of just um, every time that you do it, and it goes well, that builds a little bit of trust and paves the way for future feedback. And if you do it on the small things that are easier, it paves the way to have tougher conversations for bigger things. 
uh, later on. So we've gone into this whole uh, holding people accountable part of the topic. I want to bring it back now to where we want team members themselves to hold each other accountable uh, instead of it being only the responsibility of the team lead. So from a team lead, team leader perspective, how can we build this behavior into our team where they begin to hold each other accountable? Yeah, two things come to mind. I think one is just right at the forefront, at the beginning, to say that's an expectation as a team. High-performing team does hold each other accountable, so I expect you to hold each other accountable. It's part of part of what it means to be a team. The second thing I would say is if if one of those team members comes to you to pick someone else or to solve a problem they have with another team member, that's when you can remind them that again we're a team and they need to go to them first. So. You can still listen, but make sure that they go to that other team member and try to resolve it first before it's ever escalated. Because people are quick to do that and won't actually have through the issues or share the feedback necessarily. Back in my banking days, uh, one of our bosses, he wouldn't put up with anything. Uh, you know, If you went into your, his office to talk about someone else, he'd say, oh, hold on, this is really good. And he would dial them in, put them on speaker and say, okay, now keep going, keep keep sharing what you were saying. <laughs> I remember uh, one time, so he was actually my boss's boss. I probably shouldn't have done this, but I, I emailed him something about our team's boss. Uh, and he just replied, CC'd my boss <laughs> with yeah. him, so he could see all my feedback. So, but yeah, just very transparent. Uh, not, this is not going to become a hub and spoke model. It, it was pretty clear. Well, I was going to share, you know, the importance is we want for people to hold each other accountable and and challenge behaviors and all of that. But how do you not turn it into stabbing each other in the back? Right. Um, And I think part of that is, again, orientation. If you're if you're truly others focused and, um, you know, that's going to be seen. But if you're trying to get ahead or to push someone down so you can be elevated. Um, that, that's where we gotta be really careful. And, and there's a fine line. Um, there are times when you need to have a one-on-one conversation and the appropriate um, context is not in front of everybody. And so you have to be wise there. Um, but part of it is what is the level of trust on the team and the culture and everything. But we do, we do not want to have uh, this backstabbing environment, and the leader needs to uh, make sure to, to stop that if, if he sees that happening. Are there times that you think it is important for the leader to, uh, in a sense, uh, facilitate or mediate feedback amongst team mem- members? When is that appropriate? Yeah, I mean, we're... We've talked to some leaders this week who most likely will do that with uh, some team members that are struggling. Um, I think, again, the ideal is the individuals hash it out themselves first. And you always want to push them to that. always want to encourage that to happen. Uh, If they've worked through it as best they can and there's still no resolution, 
then I think this, the next step would be they agree together to elevate. It can be very difficult as well if one person elevates, the other person doesn't want, then there's not agreement on that process. But if they can agree together, hey, we, we need to talk to the GM about this, then that already puts them on a level playing field of agreement. So I think that's, that's a healthy process to encourage as well, make sure they're both on board with that. And then the leader can lean in in a discussion together where you're sharing feedback and addressing the issue. This, this is going beyond just feedback to conflict resolution, but mm. um, yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it sounds like when the stakes are high or when if things have become maybe uh, not uh, unresolvable between people, then it, it is important for the leader to, to help that process along, uh, but not to let people avoid difficult or courageous conversations uh, at the outset, uh, but to be willing to engage at, at that level throughout. Uh, where do you think that uh, team commitments play into this whole concept of holding each other accountable? Well, I think it's very hard to hold someone accountable to something they've not committed to. So if they've just been told to do something, there still could be a high, you know, a high level of commitment because they're in the organization and doing a job, but there's not that heart level buy-in. If they've committed at a heart level, then you're really reminding them to something. It's more around their integrity and reminding them that they, they want to be a person of integrity when you hold them accountable. And so that's a much stronger place to be at when there's that commitment already in place. Very difficult to do when it's not there. It plays out in the actual conversation of holding someone accountable. I think a lot of times leaders think that they held someone accountable or team members think they held someone else accountable just because they voiced something to the other person. Hey, I don't think you should have done this or hey, you shouldn't have done this. But they don't really get the involvement of the other person in that conversation that reflects back to that commitment. So even just a simple checking back in with, hey, uh, would you say that we've agreed to do this or to behave this way? Is that something that uh, was clearly established? Because sometimes maybe it wasn't. So then, then the feedback would be off base anyway if it wasn't a clear commitment. But if they say, yeah, that's right. And then you bring that situation to them. Uh, it, it gives them that chance to explain in light of what they've committed to uh, instead of just kind of pronouncing a judgment, thinking I've held someone accountable, and then move on. So I think that clarity of commitment uh, is a really important aspect to being able to hold someone accountable. Mike, you mentioned trust. Uh, how can we build trust across a team in such a way that helps for there to be this environment of holding each other accountable? Yeah, I think there has to be uh, frequent communication um you know it can be very easy for leadership teams to just jump into tasks um but i think we have to also talk about how we're doing those tasks together how we're working together collaborating and emphasizing these agreements or commitments during the meetings themselves because if you create an environment to talk about it then the issues might also be able to come up and again, you're creating a culture of, of feedback, of transparency, of saying, 
hey, we're all human here. It's okay when we have a bad day or whatever, but let's get beyond it. Let's keep moving forward and um, not just going through the numbers, let's say. You know, sometimes meetings can be so data-driven um, that we're not talking about how we're working together and why are we working together. So team accountability, how to make it happen. Sounds like we need clear agreements on behavior. We need a unified purpose and we need a leader who not only holds people accountable and models that, but helps them do the same with each other. Well, thanks again for listening to the Building an Unstoppable Organization podcast, where we help you solve internal issues related to leadership, teamwork, and culture so that your company's productivity and engagement can soar.